0: Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
2: And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie back with Lynn Hightower. And Lynn has a degree in journalism from the University of Kentucky where she studied creative writing. She teaches master novel classes in the UCLA Extension Writers Program and has worked with private clients as a manuscript consultant and writing coach. She's the author of numerous thrillers, including the Sonora Blair and Lena Paget detective series. She has written The Piper, The Enlightenment Project, which we talked about back in March of uh, this year. Lynn, welcome back. How have you been? I'm looking forward to this, and uh, it's a great time. This Halloween season kind of kicks off Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. It's great, isn't it? It's fabulous. I just love it. Why do people like to be scared?
1: Oh, because it's the mystery of the unknown, and there are all these questions that we want answered, and it's so intriguing.
2: And they will go any place, anywhere to get scared, won't they?
1: They will. They will because, um, you know, when you read it or you watch it, uh, your neurons actually fire as if you're living it. um, But you are safe.
2: When you were writing The Enlightenment Project, you had some episodes occur yourself, didn't you?
1: I did, pretty consistently, because I get up very early to write, sometimes 3 or 4 in the morning. The world is very quiet then. And I curl up with my puppy, who usually is asleep. She's also a very large German Shepherd. And she will be deep asleep, and I will be deep in the work, and then she will jump up, look over my shoulder at something.
2: She's seeing something or sensing it.
1: She sees something, and she will go ballistic. You know, if it's something major to her, she will patrol the house. She will insist on going outside. She's going to run this thing off.
2: What do you think's going on?
1: I have no idea, but it's very creepy because she she wakes up out of a very deep sleep, and she sees something that I don't see, and I have learned to trust this dog. If she gives me an alert, there's something going on.
2: For our new listeners who are just joining us, tell us a little bit about the Enlightenment Project.
1: The Enlightenment Project is uh, focused on Noah Archer, who's a neurosurgeon, very much a science guy who is possessed at the age of 11. So he has no choice but to believe that there is something out there and that there are dark entities. And uh, he is looking for a way to come up with a medical protocol to help people navigate this and to give them some defense against it.
2: I'm told you're writing a sequel to this book, are you?
1: I am. I am. It's uh, called The Darkness in Provence, and it's based on a place that's real, and I've talked to people who live there who I actually know and trust implicitly, and I have never heard of anything more terrifying in my life.
2: Where is it exactly, in France?
1: Um, There are two places, one in France and one here in Kentucky.
2: There's a place in Kentucky? Tell us about this spot.
1: Well, it's so strange. It's in the most beautiful bit of countryside you could possibly imagine. Gorgeous bluegrass farm country. And if you go to this house and around the yard, it's like you walk across a barrier. There are no birds. There are no squirrels. There are no insects. There is no life anywhere on this property. And if you're new in the area, the neighbors, the the farmers around are not going to tell you anything specifically. They're just going to all tell you the same thing. Get out.
2: And don't look back.
1: And don't look back.
2: (laughs) What makes a place so haunted, Lynn? What happens to it?
1: Well, what I'm looking at And what I think is happening in this place is there is some kind of malevolent energy. And it means you harm. Okay, this is not a ghostly haunting. You know, 80% of the work that exorcists do is for places like this. And what they say is, this is not a spiritual haunting. This is not someone who's passed away and has a presence. This is not human. This is a dark malevolent energy um, that wants to take you down.
2: We've got an exorcist coming on the program tomorrow night, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the good bishop has to say about this. Yeah. But it, it seems like whenever you start writing a book, strange things happen to you.
1: I know. It's terrifying. I always think, am I calling it to me, or maybe I'm noticing what's actually there? Or both. I would say yes to both. Yes.
2: Or both indeed. Is there is there any kind of science behind any of these hauntings?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um what's funny is the um the science side is coming reluctantly around to backing up the spiritual side. Um and if you look at oh, uh, quantum physics, if you look at particle theory, and in particular, the science of biocentrism, which I find fascinating, because it turns things upside down. It says the universe is created by life, not the other way around. And, uh, and, and, and physicists will tell you that energy is indestructible, and we connect with it. So if you are focused on some kind of energy, it's also focused on you which can be good, or it can be rather terrifying.
2: Do you think, and you've talked about dark entities before, mm-hmm. are th- are they more prevalent than good entities?
1: No, I wouldn't think so. I would think it's a yin and a yang and a balance.
2: Plus and minus.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but which would you prefer to be around?
1: Good. I would prefer to be around the good entities, although i You know, I'm absolutely intrigued by the dark entities, but... um,
2: The dark entities seem to get more notice or publicity than the good ones, though.
1: Uh, I think people are very uh, interested in bringing it out of the closet, and it's time to face up to it and address it, because there are a lot of people that are having issues and they need help. And it's one thing to say, oh, it doesn't exist, and it's another thing if something's going on in your home and you need help.
2: What got you into this in the first place, Lynn?
1: Well, questions. What is really out there? And when I was writing The Piper, um, I ran across a phenomenon of phone calls. And
2: that came out about nine years ago, right?
1: It did. It did. Yeah. It came out in 2013, I think. Okay. Um, and... The phenomena of phone calls from the dead was fascinating, and then I had friends who would tell me privately, yeah, it happened, someone called me. And when I was writing it, I was living in a house that was incredibly haunted, which, of course, I didn't know when I moved in. Uh, we, and everything that happened in the book was happening in the house. I didn't have to make it up. It just went, okay, well, that's Chapter 7.
2: When we take calls next hour, Lynn, from people... Some people may call in and don't believe in the afterlife. They don't believe in ghostly hauntings. What do you tell folks like that?
1: I will never argue with anybody's belief system, uh, but I do think the brain is a tool of our body. It's not the whole point of us, and it filters out a lot, okay? And if you prefer uh, to keep it, that filters on pretty tight. That's your choice.
2: People are fascinated by this, though. I mean, they really are. I mean, we get calls like crazy for things. We do an annual Halloween show called Ghost to Ghost. We've been doing it for years. And, you know, we we solicit. It's open line, so people can call in. But we also solicit ghost stories that Tom puts together for us. And then we call them and we get them on the uh, program. And uh, we do that because the chances of them getting through on their own calling are pretty remote. Yes. But the stories are amazing. I mean, they're just absolutely riveting.
1: Oh, they are. And people don't know what to do about it. Um, I was going to buy that house and moved. I just thought, no, I don't think so. But, you know, in real life, sometimes you can't move.
2: What scares people about the dark side?
1: unknown, and also you're experiencing it as we experience everything on a very intuitive level, not just the physical level. And if you get a sense that something is off and something is wrong and something is watching you, you'd be insane not to pay attention to that.
2: Now, let's say somebody's reading your novel, The Enlightenment Project. They're alone. It's at night. They've got a little desk lamp on, mm-hmm. and they start reading this. They're going to get creeped out, aren't they? They
1: absolutely are. They absolutely are.
2: By getting creeped out, how do they avoid it? They want to read that book.
1: Right. Um, well, I think that they can, um, they can comfort themselves with one bit of knowledge that all the exorcists will tell you, which is that you have autonomy over your soul, and you can say no to things. Um, I was you know, reading some of the interviews with the family that stayed in the house that was the source of the movie The Conjuring. Oh, yeah. The oldest daughter would uh, experience the least uh, issues because she would just block it and say, go away, stay away from me, I'm doing this. There's a lot of power in that.
2: Yeah, but for some people it doesn't work either. You can't chase them away that easy.
1: That's very true. That's very true. And, um, you know, I found that one of the things that surprised me when the book came out was how people felt uh, validated and not so alone, um, and that there were ways that they could um, get better.
2: Are scary things still happening to you, Lynn, on a regular basis?
1: No. Mm -mm. When I left that house, it was sourced in that house. And the only thing that happens is those issues that come up when I'm writing The Enlightenment Project, and I'm kind of nervous about what's going to happen with the sequel. But I'm writing it anyway.
2: Has anything ever scared you to death, almost? And I say that in a very light way.
1: Um, I, yeah, in that house that I was living in when I wrote The Piper, we would be sound asleep in the middle of the night, and then the water would turn on full blast in the bathroom, and then the lights in the bedroom would go on and off and on and off, and uh, one night I sat up and said, just stop it, and it stopped, and that scared me more than the lights because it was like, oh, now I'm in communication with whatever this is, and I don't like that at all.
2: Are they just mischievous, or what do they want? What are they trying to do?
1: Well, if it's a if it's a dark, malevolent energy, it's not just mischievous. It's going to try, and it's really going to put you under spiritual attack. Will feel.
2: Does it want to hurt uh, you?
1: Absolutely. It would oh, love it geez. if you you know, in this place that I'm writing about for the next novel. I mean, someone was. Suddenly there was water coming out of nowhere going toward a space heater that was plugged in, and this person thought, oh, we're getting ready to have an electrical thing go on here. So, no, it's
2: malevolent. I had a Satanist on last night who was trying to explain uh, being a Satanist, and uh, he has talked about how everybody has confused what they are with what they are. They don't believe in the devil. They don't think the devil exists. They have used the word Satan as kind of a nonconformist title that Mm -hmm. basically tell people, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in the devil, we don't believe in this, that, we don't believe in the afterlife. And I was asking them last night, I said, "Uh, so you don't believe in life after death? And they said, absolutely not. You, on the other hand, I would say you believe in the afterlife 100%. I do believe in
1: the afterlife 100%. But why? Uh. You know, because I sense the presence of, of very light and good spiritual things, um, and uh, also it's intuitive. I think that your spirituality, your religion, your knowledge is within you. You do not have to depend on outside sources, and that the more you open yourself up to what you know intuitively, the the better direction you're in. So these days, I just know intuitively what I believe, and I don't need um, I don't need anything from the outside or from anyone else. I just know.
2: Lynn, tell us one of the scariest stories you've come across. Either it's happened to you or you heard about it.
1: In this place that I'm writing about, um,
2: the sequel. You mean?
1: Yes. The thing that really. Disturbs me is how knowing this presence is. Um, There, there were satanic symbols all over the wall in one of the rooms. And may I just advise no one to move into a place that has satanic symbols on the wall? Seems like a no-brainer.
2: Not a good idea.
1: No, but they didn't care. They didn't believe it, and so they kept painting over them. Is this
2: is this a true story or is this something? Okay, okay. Okay,
1: this is a true story, and then they would come back and they would paint over them, and then they would come back. And they had um, a dog that would not stay in the house. Every time the door opened, that dog would run.
2: Probably the smartest one of the group.
1: Absolutely. I really think people should listen to their dogs.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. But anyways, go ahead. Uh,
1: They just had the dog. And what I didn't like about this presence, it disturbs me the most, it was just interactive and responsive, and it would just keep escalating with the voices talking and um... and there were some rooms in that place where they just really wouldn't go in and they didn't know why but they just knew we cannot go in there but the thing that creeped me out the most about it is no birds, no life, no nothing around this property it's just like dead silence.
2: No insects?
1: Isn't that weird?
2: That is weird.
1: That's, that, to me, is so weird, it freaks me out.
2: They sense something, and they stay away for some reason.
1: Yes, or maybe nothing living can survive there.
2: Oh, that's possible, too. Yeah. That's possible, too. That's do fine. you do you write in these places that you write about? Are you no. physically there writing?
1: No, absolutely not. <laughs> no,
2: I don't blame you. Absolutely so you, you wouldn't spend the night there, would you?
1: I would not spend the night there. I absolutely would not spend the night there. I'm sure some people would, but I'm not one of them.
2: Why don't we do a show one night with you in the haunted place, and we're talking to you?
1: (laughs) You are tempting me beyond belief.
2: (laughs) That's the name of our TV show, by the way. Ah. Beyond Belief. But that would be intriguing... If you're in that, and then things are happening, you're probably your phone line will get disconnected or something. They do weird things, you know.
1: Oh, they do. And electronics are um, great fun. You know, your phone line gets disconnected, um, you'll get mysterious texts. Um, there are a lot of exorcists that say they get threatening texts when they're, you know, on the road to do an exorcism, like she's ours. And I find that quite disturbing. Um, strange phone calls, and, you know, they'll have car trouble.
2: All kinds of things happen.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: What gives them the power to do these kinds of things?
1: Well, let's say it's, let's go all science and say it's an energy source. And you're anything, any energy that reacts with all other energy, we change it, right? And so if you're giving it attention, and it knows that, then you're kind of feeding it. And not only do you affect it, it affects you, and that's the physics.
2: Yet it could really harm somebody at the same time, can it?
1: I think it can if, um, if people are not careful and not wary and not... Uh, Trying to protect themselves against it. But I don't think you're ever alone. And I do think you have autonomy over your soul, but it can certainly give you a pretty hard time.
0: Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.
1: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels
0: in Mexico. and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway the great American race.
1: The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the